Two Auburn Tigers made the preseason SI-99. And also, is there a new linebacker Auburn fans should be paying attention to? Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm. And I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. It's a recruiting Thursday, and we want to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply and joining us on this recruiting Thursday as he does every Thursday, John Garcia, the goat, the man covering all things football recruiting at sports illustrated big week for you guys releasing the initial SI 99. I know a ton of work goes into that. You guys put two Auburn tigers in the top 99 players. I was a little surprised to see Jeremiah Cobb up there, but let's talk about that first. What made you put Jeremiah Cobb in the top 99 players in uh, in high school football right now? Well, look, I mean, he earned it. Uh, the production in 2021 was elite as a runner, as a pass catcher, as, as a pure playmaker. I think he deserved a spot there. He supplemented it with really great off-season workouts. Uh, saw him in Atlanta. And he really impressed as one of the best pass-catching backs in the South. And when you've got that kind of distinction, you're going to be elevated. And I think when you look at the top of the running back board, there's just not a whole lot of the complete backs featured in that group. It's really heavy with prospects who are kind of known for one thing. So like Cedric Baxter's RB1, big yet swift. Uh, Richard Young's RB2, downhill, compact. You know, So, so these guys have almost labels attached to them but when you get to ironically jeremiah cobb who's going to auburn and justice haynes who's going to alabama those are the balanced backs that were like hey true three down value they've got that great blend of build you know right around 205 pounds or so but still room to fill out and stay relatively lean if that becomes their role uh, you know at one of the iron bowl schools so i do think there's a complete factor uh, with Jeremiah that stands out above some of these other backs. So inevitably he was going to trickle up the list and, and yeah, it's, it's not the deepest year at the position, but when you talk about complete backs, he's absolutely one of the best. It seems like you guys are higher on Jeremiah Cobb than, than the other outlets. Do you think it's because of that versatility? Like you said, the, the complete, you guys have him as the fifth back in, in all of high school football right now. Is it just the versatility? It's that's the main thing. Uh, I think he can beat you in a multitude of ways. First of all, he can outrun you. Let's not diminish sure. his his best trait, which is really his straight line speed. He has developed some wiggle and some counter moves to to make guys miss in the open field. As we talked about, the pass reception ability has has come a long way, and he's one that can absolutely beat you d- down the seam. One on one with the linebackers is almost unfair with him, but but again. He's still got some in-between-the-tackles downhill ability. The vision is great. I love his quick-twitch reactionary ability. It's not going to be the flashiest thing, but that first cut will will make you miss. And, and again, he can outrun you thereafter. So, yeah, I think yeah. It's, it's first of all, it's not the best running back class we've ever scouted. But, there's again, there's a lack of, of completeness with a lot of these top backs. So you could really make a case for any one of these top five guys to be – 
the guy in this class. And I think because of that, the, the 2022 season that these guys are about to embark on are, are going to weigh extremely heavily on how the postseason SI-99 shapes up because running back maybe of all positions is about as wide open as it gets. Sure. All right, so you guys had Cobb at, at 86 in the SI-99 and then Ashley Williams, the edge commit at 88. So the two Auburn guys pretty close together there, but Ashley Williams, um, the former Nebraska commit, then decommitted, then committed to Auburn all within the span of like three weeks. A lot happened in that month of time for him, but why is he a top 99 player in your mind? Well, here you're getting into premium position, right? You're getting into pass rushers, which which was the most represented position in the 99. I think we had 17 edge prospects uh, of the 99 uh, best players. Uh, and it makes sense, right? It's, it's a quarterback passing driven sport. So 11 quarterbacks, 17 pass rushers. So I think there were 15 DBs in there. So you get my drift. Premium positions are are just elevated. And when you start looking at not only the 2021 production, which we've talked about on this show, more than a dozen sacks, almost 20 tackles for loss, but this is 6'5", 6'6", 230 pounds. So whether you measure the floor, which we, I would imagine, carry a little bit more uh, prevalently than others, mm -hmm. whether you're measuring what we just saw versus what we will see down the line, you've got to like Ashley Williams either way. He's one of those perfect blends of floor and ceiling where you can sell either side relatively easily right. and you couple that with great competition in the state of Louisiana coming off of a state championship and uh, it all just kind of unravels there the, the length you know we, we took a closer look at him um, when he made that commitment to Nebraska um, you know he was not as prevalently on our radar at that point and then we were like dang we missed one uh, and then we we kind of stayed on and then he decommitted then he went up ended up at Auburn so he was already kind of in the news uh, sure. so that helped us take a, a bit of a closer look and every time we did we liked him a little bit more to the point where he's among the top 15 or so pass rushers in this class or he can put on 40 pounds and move to, to the interior defensive line and rush from the inside which is just as coveted for for most defensive coordinators so i think the floor and the ceiling there kind of forced our hand with ashley so did you guys consider putting any other Auburn guys? Were there any more that almost made the cut? I know one outlet has Terrence Love as the highest rated uh, recruit. The other has Ashley Williams. Did, did Terrence Love get close to making the cut or maybe a Carmelo English? We we were pretty close on English. We, we love the floor there. I think he's as polished a receiver as there is in this class. We also rank receivers in the slot, and I think he could you know become – one of those type of, of wide receivers. I think only five slots made the 99, right. uh, but he was in consideration thereafter. We also really like Wilkie Denot. I think his backside pass rushing ability is something that doesn't get talked about enough. So he was in that conversation as well. But again, a ton of edge rushers already made the cut. Uh, so it was really hard for us to get him in there. But yeah, defensively, uh, obviously the Auburn class is, is looking really strong. Um, but but I think Wilkie was probably the closest to get in from an overall perspective. And then positionally, Carmelo was probably that next guy up for us. How often is the SI-99 updated? Is it just preseason and postseason? Is that That's kind of it. That's it. You know, the, the, the recruiting game has become a how often do you update kind of game. And we want to not go too early uh, because we want to allow these kids to to grow and develop and and find their position and then find their their junior tape, which is for us the most important year of evaluation. And then we also 
want to allow ourselves to cool down a little bit. You know, I think you see a sophomore or an early junior tape and you're so excited about them and then you kind of blindly throw them very high up in the rankings and then a lot of other things happen down the line. So we really want to emphasize the junior season and the senior season tape. So yeah, we want to reflect that post junior season tape in the preseason rankings. And then of course, allow that senior season to uh, influence moves thereafter so that we do a postseason ranking just ahead of, of signing day in February. And that's it for us. Right. Absolutely. John Garcia, our guest today. All right. There's a new linebacker that Auburn fans are excited about. Let's get John's thoughts on him in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. I got to tell you about our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that looks and tastes like a candy bar. They're rolling out more and more flavors, specifically of their Built Puffs. That is the same great flavor that you can get in the Built Bar, but now it has that marshmallowy, protein-infused, marshmallowy texture. They're all covered 100% in chocolate. They are very, very good. My mother-in-law, she, uh, she always grabs several Built Bars when she's down at our place. We're up in Ohio this week, and she asked me, like, do you happen to bring any Built Bars with you? I'm like, no, mother-in-law. I didn't. I should have, but I didn't. So uh, folks always want to get their hands on Built Bar, and you can do that today. All you need to do is go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, John. Auburn fans, very excited about a new linebacker target that has popped up. Marcellus Pulliam. Um, he is a an underrated linebacker in most places. I think on three has him as a three star, but good size. Six, three, two, 15 from Sandy Creek over in Georgia. Um, what do you like about this kid? He was on campus for an unofficial visit um, like two weeks ago, and it, it seems like Auburn may be the favorite for him now. Yeah, really interesting, uh, you know, player to come across uh, my desk. And, and I get it. You know, like you said, six, three, two, 15 some old school in him uh, from a yeah. linebacking perspective, which, you know, when we talked about the running backs, we talked about all this modern space, three down stuff, but you still need a guy who, Hey, you know, it's, it's, it's first and 10 drive starter. And, and there's a, a back in the hole who, who's going to meet him in that hole. You know, mm -hmm. this is the type of player to absolutely do that. Uh, this is a, a very much instinctive downhill linebacker prospect plays a lot of special teams as well and, and blocked a few kicks as a junior in 2021. So there's a whole lot of instincts going on here with him. Not a lot of coverage samples uh, on that tape, that available tape that we skimmed a little bit earlier, but again, 6'3", 215 or so, and, and really brings the lumber at the point of contact. So again, a tone setting type of player, one of those energy guys that really gets the team going uh, when, when you come downhill and make that big hit. You know, he's a great blitzer, very anticipatory, can play the the cadence and the snap count really well. He just is one of those, again, 80s, 90s linebackers that you could just see trash talking the quarterback. Think of the program, right? Like yep. this kid could be, could be an extra in that movie or a stunt double, uh, if you will. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, this is the old school SEC type of interior linebacker that you do – still need in today's college football. And look, we, we know this is the SEC West, right? I mean, Bama's going to always run the football. We know that. Ole Miss wants to run the football. Arkansas, hello. You know, th this is still something that 
you absolutely have to combat, especially on early downs uh, as, as time goes forward. So you still right. do need this this type of presence within your defense. So I'm happy he's getting a little bit more due. I, I saw he got some official offers from Auburn, Miami, which seems pretty full at linebacker. So that one was interesting, uh, as well as Indiana that, that he promoted uh, earlier this month. So it looks like he's getting closer to the end of that process, and it seems like the sooner he does, probably the better for for Auburn, as as you mentioned, having hosted him most recently between the three. Yeah, and you just see more and more positive words about Christian Robinson, Auburn's linebackers coach. I know a lot of folks were excited when that move happened, getting him from Florida, but I think you're starting to see more and more recruits kind of develop relationships with him and being pretty outspoken about how much they enjoy spending time with him. I think it's only a matter of time until some of these start to pop. 100%. You know, C-Rob's a player's coach, a guy who's going to give you the time you need to adjust. Uh, he's thorough, uh, but he also brings that energy. He brings that youth to it as well, uh, and it's a really great combination on the recruiting trail. It, it's one of those things. It's like once you get linebackers to campus, you just feel better uh, because you know you've got a guy who's kind of been there and done that physically and then also as a recruiter over the last really four or five years uh, or longer. So, yeah, this is, uh, I think, one of those positions that you just don't worry about as much at Auburn long term. You say, hey, signing day, hey, which linebackers did we grab? Okay, cool. Those are yeah. those are going to be pretty good players. Yeah, when they uh, get on the field in two years, that'll be that'll be great. Looking forward to seeing that. <laughs> so, um, all right, another guy that Auburn fans feel pretty good about, and you and I have talked about him the last several times you've come on, but local kid, J.C. Hart, um, expected to commit any day now is kind of what I was told. So be on the lookout for that. But still a three-star across the board, but he plays at Lochapoca. If this kid's at Thompson, I think he's a four-star kid. I agree. I agree. He actually reminds me of a, a player from Thompson last year, uh, the Traquan Fagans, who was one of the best corners yeah. in the state of Alabama. Extremely long, 6'1", 6'2", runs incredibly well. Uh, but again, I think people want to, first of all, see him because most of us in this business haven't physically seen him in person. But yeah, see how he matures as a senior. Does he continue to dominate that level of competition, which he certainly should uh, at Lochapoca? And then what more does he bring to the table? How much technique can he show as a senior, but either way, again, Auburn's been all over him from the jump, uh, kind of uh, a local star uh, that you're able to kind of keep local. And I think the sooner that he commits, the, the better for that pursuit. You, you don't want this to get into the fall. You don't want this to get into his senior season and schools in the region start missing on available prospects throughout that SEC belt, you know, in Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana where there's always great DBs, you don't want them to start missing on those guys and then start circling back to the J.C. Hearts of the world because then he'll have a chance to blow up late in his recruitment like uh, Nehemiah Pritchett or Cordell Flott of, of years past in the right. state where all of a sudden, as seniors, they're legitimate SEC prospects uh, across the board, not just regionally or, or locally. Right. So a question that came in from the Locked on Auburn Discord, if you want to join that, it's free. All you have to do is click the link in the episode description down below but um hut hut asks what does john think the main reason for guys almost committing to us than the last minute going elsewhere <laughs> you know recruiting is this is an evergreen answer uh unfortunately but look first thing is is these are teenagers you know i think the there's always been circumstantial change and swift change in the thought processing of these recruits individually then you think of the adults in the room, right? High school coaches, parents, et cetera. Sure. 
that can bring even more swift change. But I think now, as you spin it forward to 2022, there are additional factors, right? You know, NIL has to come into play. The ease of player movement has to come into play. Uh, so you have to win the recruitment almost twice. You have to win it initially, and then you have to withhold others as kids say, hey, let me let me look around and see what else I can get out of this thing, which, which you can't blame them for either. Um, and I do think there's a part of it with Auburn specifically. We've talked about this too, Zach. They, they want to see what this on-field product looks like. They want to see how this revamped coaching staff is going to attack this season in the toughest division in the sport with a pretty rough schedule. Um, th- that's exactly what, what needs to happen. So I yeah. think when you're talking local recruits, you're going to get the benefit of that doubt. But when you start expanding that, you're going to have to prove it a little bit on the field as well as what you sold in the offseason. So it's just the spot that Auburn is in at this point. So, uh, again, you've got to win these recruitments twice at, at, at different points. They've done so with with many, but obviously, uh, you know, the fans want more. Yeah, and the, the feeling, the narrative here is a lot of it has to do with NIL. I mean, I'm hearing more about the NIL aspect of it more than kids being concerned if Brian Hartson's going to be here next year or not. I know it's a little sticky to, you know, to talk about just openly, and it feels weird that we're able to do this. But, I mean, is this anything that you're hearing when you talk to these kids? Not necessarily about Auburn, but just in general. Like, this NIL situation is potentially better that, that, than other places. D- does that come up when you talk one-on-one to these kids at camps and whatnot? It's starting to come up more. There, there's really no way to avoid it. Um, I think, you know, some of those in our profession have – probably accelerated that conversation because again when we talk about recruiting there is there is an assumption that everybody knows all the rules and all these kids know all the ins and outs of the process that's just not true how i mean how many adults are in your discord that are like hey what what's an official visit what what's a dead period imagine being 16 and you're hearing from brian harson and brian kelly and all these coaches and and all of a sudden you're navigating that process so you throw in nil which like you said sticky slippery slope anything you want to throw in there on it yeah it's true now you have different rules for every state you have different rules for every high school state Mm -hmm. and then when you get to the college there's certain tax rules there's so many layers to it that i don't even understand uh that you can only imagine how that filters down to a recruit but on the surface level at the same time he's like wait there's money to be had like right now well, Depending I, I hope they're putting that much thought into it, John. I hope they're not just seeing, oh, this massive number, I get to keep all of this. And then when the IRS comes, you know, yeah. you got to pay your tax at the end of the year. That hasn't happened yet, but it's going to. And I, I, I'm scared for those kids that are involved in that. So I'm curious to see how different schools handle it. We may not ever know the full conversations that are had, and we probably don't deserve to know. But um, I hope these kids are being taken care of with all of that. Right. And that's the other thing. The schools can't really confront it right. verbatim with the kids. So the people that you've built relationships with, the coaches that have been recruiting you, mm-hmm. can't really just hand you the info. They've got to skirt around it and maybe advise you and point you somewhere else. So on top of that, it's not even a, a clear A to B in, in seeking that information, even if you are aware of all the twists and turns that are, uh, you know, available between you and and, and that cash. So yeah, yeah, it is, it it is quite a lot to navigate, um, but it is coming up more. These kids talk to each other. You see some of these deals that are reported for, for some of these quarterbacks in particular, and, and you know, there's a trickle down value uh, there as well. So it's, it's this uh, necessary evil that probably isn't going away on top of all that. 
no, I, I think uh, I think the cat's out of the bag at this point. Yeah. But the, the you know the most open one, and I, and I think it's working is is Miami, right? Yeah. With with all of these kids, you know, especially the, their court Rashada. Is that, did he go there with like the nine million dollar deal or whatever it is? Reportedly, Crazy. reportedly. Yeah, right. Crazy stuff. So the whole um, you know, anytime Auburn's going up against Miami for a kid, it's like, oh, I'm having Connor Lou flashbacks to last week. It's like. <laughs> You know, I think his path to playing time at Auburn makes a ton more sense, a ton more sense. And I think the fit actually makes more sense, too. We'll see what they do offensively after they have a full season there. But I just thought it was a really good match. And it seemed like Auburn was trending. And I think I think the coaching staff kind of felt that way, too. And then last second, he goes to Miami and it's like, well, how can you compete with that? Right. And I think that's the thing. Like you said, that one is open. We hear a lot about it. It just so happens that the the main you know, booster there, John Ruiz is is tweeting about it, you know, so it just it's a little bit different at every program uh, legally uh, or or otherwise. And, and yeah. that's why it's such a slippery slope, because, again, we talk about this all the time too. what matters in recruiting perception. It's not reality. Right. Perception is huge in recruiting. Uh, so, yeah, you hear more about Miami and A&M and Nebraska and USC and and some schools that haven't quite been at the plateau of the sport in the last decade or so or, or longer. Um, and, and obviously that is one of the main reasons why there's a different feel at, at, at some of those places. So it, it is really quite interesting. And, and yeah, of course it is playing a factor with these kids and that's not, that number's not going down. That number is no. only going to increase. You're right. You're right. John Garcia, our guest today. In just a second, John, I want to ask you your thoughts on what Auburn does with the quarterback position moving forward for 2023 and beyond right here on locked on Auburn. If you're tuning in today, hopefully you're enjoying the recruiting conversation. But if you're wondering, hey, where is my practice recap? It's earlier in the feed. Lance and I put up a, an interview earlier, uh, or I guess later yesterday. So be sure to check that out if you want practice recap and extra coverage for fall camp there. John, so Auburn missed out on, on several quarterbacks dating back to, you know, Vizina going to Clemson. And then Brock Lynn was the next big one that went to Ohio State. Um. Have you heard anything else about Auburn going after a quarterback for this class? You know, the last I heard was was they were in touch to a degree with Jackson Smolick, the quarterback committed to Tulane uh, out of Iowa. Uh, okay. But he also yeah, has been busy camping. He got a Penn State offer, and it looks like he's probably, if he does flip, it looks like the Nittany Lions could be the, the big beneficiary in that regard. Elsewhere, it seems like the teams that are still looking for quarterbacks are starting to look at the same few quarterbacks. So I think Auburn, there's a little bit of let's take a step back and see where these dominoes fall. So Smolik might come off the board soon. Chris Parson, the Florida State decommitment, uh, who has had a little bit of Auburn interest. He's committing Friday, he just announced. That looks like he's SEC bound, not to, to the orange and blue. Uh, so I do think that that will enable a little bit more uh, flexibility in terms of what is left on the board after that. But, you know, it's still stiff competition for programs that are looking for that 2023 quarterback, including another within the division in Texas A&M that has been, you know, fervently over quarterbacks all over the country trying to figure out who can get on campus and who might be the, the next Jimbo Fisher quarterback uh, recruit. So I think there's a lot of wait and see going on really across the country. Notre Dame still doesn't have one in, in 2023 as well. So I do think there's a lot of, you know, can we flip someone or does somebody emerge going on 
as we get close to the season. But that's the thing. It's a dead period. There's Everyone's in camp, so there's not a whole lot of quarterback recruiting going on yeah. at that same wavelength. So I do think it's it's a little bit more of, of a wait-and-see status for everybody at this point. Uh, but, again, there's a lot of great depth at the position, and, and I do think some emergers could shake things up uh, during the fall, but we've kind of got to get there first. Does does recruiting a quarterback just for the sake of having a quarterback? I mean, at what point is that just like, eh, we're, we're, we're going to be okay? I mean, obviously, Gurner, I mean, there's a chance that all three of the quarterbacks that are in the quarterback competition now are in theory still on the roster a year from now. I, I'm sure there'll be some transfer transferring there, but right. there may not be. And then you got Gurner, you got your 2024 guy already uh, you know, committed. We'll see what happens there. I mean, does it matter if you go get an emerging guy that maybe ends up as a three star, but probably never plays like th th Does that matter that much to how you build a class? Yeah, there's a balance, right? You need yeah. depth, but you don't want to settle. You don't want to bring in a prospect who you don't believe can legitimately run your offense on Saturdays against, you know, an SEC opponent. So, yeah, you don't want to take one just to take one. I do think the transfer portal affords you more opportunity. I mean, heck, all three of those guys are transfers already, right? So you sure. you know you can utilize that. And, and look, some of these fall camp battles, just like at Auburn, are going to create more potential availability in the portal itself. I think of Texas yeah. immediately, Nebraska brought in multiple transfer quarterbacks. They're still trying to figure that out. Uh, so I do think there's going to be some availability sooner rather than later in terms of future depth for the for the 23 season and beyond. So maybe that's part of the wait and see because, you know, West Virginia's got a crazy battle going on. Maybe there's some, hey, we know something's going to going to break here and maybe we can swoop in early if and when prospect X jumps in the portal, because nowadays you could talk to him that same day. So I do think that has created a little bit of pause in, in finding new quarterback targets at this stage. John Garcia, how can people check out all of your written work and uh, specifically the SI 99 that's out? Yeah, SI.com slash college. Uh, it's plastered all over there, certainly on my social media feed at John Garcia underscore uh, JR. Uh, we'll have a lot more on that front uh, going forward as well. So check it out, Sports Illustrated or SI.com. Yep, yep. Definitely worth every bit of your time. And we're writing about the Auburn perspective of all of that at AuburnDaily.com. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn.